Talk 1041. Hey, everybody. It is Wednesday. Always. Immediately when I wake up. No, it's Wednesday because that means it is. You know what Wednesdays are, don't you? Lunch bunch. Lunch bunch. Retro macro. Uh, I kid you not. I just obsess over what I'm going to eat. And ever since yesterday, I've been thinking. I wonder what I'm going to have this time at Retro Metro. What are you going to get? Have I you don't know. I didn't look at it again. I kept this morning, in fact. I had 80 different things going on, and I just kept thinking, maybe I'll look over that menu and see what it is I'm going to have today. Uh, but I was like, that's silly. No, I'm not going to do it. I have more pressing things to do right now. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm uh, For those that don't know, I'm trying to hit everything on the menu. So for our lunch bunch, which you can register for at ksgf.com, I will be a good resource for you when we have lunch together should you win. And I can say, well, if you like this, this is good. This is fantastic if this is your sort of thing and so forth. Uh, so I don't know. And uh, I, we, I think, had this discussion to some degree yesterday. I think so. I don't uh, know why I'm just obsessed with that place. Now, though. I think I'm going to get the, the lobster. <gasps> Yes, oh, somebody ordered that a couple of, uh, yeah, yes, a couple weeks ago, and, and it looked she, so good. She panic ordered. That's right, she did. She was late, and when uh, we had all already ordered, and so she saw sandwich and didn't read. She's like, uh, "I'll have the sandwich," and they brought it, and you could see her. She was like, "Oh, what?" She had no idea what she had ordered, and I mean, it's delicious looking. These huge chunks of of lobster and everything. Of course, it was delicious, but uh, yeah. That, um, I I haven't had that yet. I have not had that yet. Uh, the, the KSGF lunch bunch menu, you can see at KSGF.com. You go to the lunch bunch. It's a rotating slider. Click on it. Get yourself registered. If you win, then you and up to five of your friends, coworkers, uh, will join Sarah and me for lunch on a Wednesday. And I'm excited about it today. Me too. Oh, I'm also excited about meeting a listener. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course, that's always uh, a, a real fun part of it. Uh, we've got that going on. We're going to talk a little bit about Santa's Angels really turning up the heat. Sarah is in panic mode now. I am, because the due mode. date's tomorrow. Oh, I never found out from Anchor Tactical Supply, because they opened after I was... Well, you asked if I could call, because you were busy, and then they didn't open until 11, mm-hmm. uh, and by then I was doing something else, and you were... I don't know. I just thought I don't know. I forgot about it. And uh Unbelievable. Well, you were available to call him at that point. I uh, well, yeah, but I was well, kind of. I was still editing audio. A1 as of yesterday morning had two kids left on the tree. Um Green County Freight had zero and Crown Power also had zero. So, I'm not sure about Anchor Tactical Supply. But there were two left, uh, again, as of yesterday morning, A1 Custom Car Care. But we'll, we'll talk a little more about that coming up. Uh, there are a couple of new polls out. Um, 
it's 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 such an odd situation for both parties i and i suppose most election cycles that come along you have a degree of this um trump of course has since he came into the political arena on the level that he did when he announced his uh, that he was running for the Republican nomination. You know, he ran as a Reform Party candidate in the past. And um, that, of course, just threw everything in the air. And again, you have these establishment candidates, the latest governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson out there, you know, dogging on Trump. And, and I, these morons, I say morons because they don't realize what they're doing. that is the sort of thing that is going to give Trump the nomination when you have these establishment candidates out there telling voters, don't vote for Trump. It's just, and I'm not saying they're morons because it's going to result in Trump getting it, and that would be a bad thing for America, but I say they're morons because they're so tone deaf. They are so out of touch with the voters and not realizing that they are working against themselves and for the establishment to be out there and it it, it cracks me up when i hear it said you know, well trump's the only one that won't be able to beat biden like do you people not remember when you said that about hillary clinton <laughs> that trump's the only one that won't be able to beat hillary clinton and the 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 lack of of self awareness, it almost is in the the to the level of lack of self awareness that Democrats have on a daily basis. Their polls uh, show that Biden is overwhelmingly not supported by Democrats to run for reelection. The upside for him is that there are no Democrats that Democrats like. In 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 terms of the question. Uh, whom is it you would like to support for the nomination? Uh, it's it's just totally abysmal. That's the problem Democrats have. The problem the Republicans have is this Trump DeSantis situation. Uh, DeSantis is looking to uh, go after or at least explore the potential of investigating the the vaccine manufacturers. Uh, that is a very, very, very interesting move for a number of different reasons and, and uh, could potentially brilliant in terms of political calculations. Uh, there is a piece in American Spectator I also want to share with you uh, regarding Gavin Newsom. And Gavin Newsom, what we know of Gavin Newsom is the hypocrisy about lockdowns going to fancy restaurants while forbidding everyone else to do so, and the fact that he is pretending like he has no interest in the White House when it's obvious that he is. Those who live in California, specifically uh, those who were within the, I think it was, was it San Francisco, L.A. or San Francisco when he was mayor, uh, this guy has a very, very, very sordid past that most people aren't aware of, that involves basically nailing any female that was within walking distance. <laughs> at one point, he was even showing up, I kid you not, at events with a teenage girl, unapologetically. Totally unapologetically. And a lot of this stuff, while he was still married and showing up, he showed up 
At one point, there was an officer-involved shooting. He showed up at the hospital drunk. Drunk. Which is something that apparently he did quite often. Uh, At one point, did the traditional, oh, I've made mistakes, I'm going into rehab. Then it turned out he didn't actually even go into rehab. The past of this guy, he's, he's essentially locally recognized, even amongst his own party, as a total train wreck with very, very, very bad judgment. And I thought it was an interesting piece because, uh, you know, this is a guy, it it makes sense that Democrats are potentially hanging their hat on for the future. That stands to reason. Jason Ryman now with the latest news update. The FBI is offering a reward of up to $10,000 for information leading to the arrest of two federal fugitives who broke out of the Cass County Jail near Kansas City last week. That new reward for 33-year-old Trevor Scott Sparks and 43-year-old Sergio Perez Martinez is on top of a reward being offered by the U.S. Marshals Service. Springfield City Council has once again tabled a seven-brew coffee location near Sunshine and Jefferson. The city planning and development director says one of the best ways to deal with any traffic backups in the area would be to build a median on Jefferson. If a median was installed, drivers could only turn right in or right out on Jefferson. But before that happens, council must first ask the planning commission to add the median condition to the use permit for the business. That's Matt Moyer reporting. The company operating a pipeline that leaked about 14,000 barrels worth of crude oil into a northeast Kansas creek is recovering at least a small part of it. The EPA is saying that Canada-based TC Energy has recovered almost 2,200 barrels of oil mixed with water from the spill. It happened last week in a creek running through rural pasture land in Washington County, Kansas, about 150 miles northwest of Kansas City. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast, Uh, cloudy morning, sunshine later on, high of 49, mostly clear, 27 overnight. We're going to have sunshine tomorrow with a high of 39, and then for our Heroes Breakfast Friday at Scramblers, free breakfast for veterans, mostly sunny, high of 36, and that free breakfast is while we're out there broadcasting live, 6, 8 to 9, 8, that thanks to Delta Roofing, Air Services, Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, Electrical, and Serenity Honors. Are you have you caught all of the chatter about weather for Christmas yet? Yeah, I yeah. saw that the National Weather Service put out a little single digits. It looks like yeah, they put out like a a timeline of all the times that we've had white Christmases, oh. and they're like putting all this information out about mm. like how we potentially may have one. Oh well, I hadn't heard. I just heard that the high is going to be like four. Great. That all this that we're going to get. Uh, around that period of time, we're talking single-digit highs, and that's Ew. not wind chill. That's regular temp. So you throw wind in there, and we could have sub-zero uh, wind chills potentially. But, uh, yeah, if there's any precipitation, it sounds like clearly we would have a white Christmas unless it turns out to be sort of an icing situation. I just Hopefully don't understand how anybody likes winter. I don't get it. It's cold. It's scary yeah. to drive in when it's, like, it's icy. <laughs> but it's so pretty. Yeah, if you don't have to go out in it. And then it gets really gross after a little bit once it gets, like, shoveled. And no. Gosh. I know. (sighs) Are you a winter fan? Uh, I really do enjoy every season equally. I do. I I just, I I like all of them. It's one of the reasons that... Uh, I I love and maybe that's just because growing up in the Ozarks is pretty much what you get. Sometimes all four in one day, uh, you get the nice, you get you get a little bit of everything. 
uh, and just enough to where you're ready for it to go away and then you get to transition into the next we got a traffic update and then uh polls both there there's two separate polling uh releases that have come out one oh, where did it go dad gummit one of them here it is uh is a USA Today Suffolk University poll between DeSantis and Trump and it is very good news for DeSantis and then a poll uh, when it comes to Democrats in the primary, which is very bad news for... It's bad news for Biden in that the vast, vast, vast majority of Democrats don't want him to run again. But there isn't anybody else that they want anymore. Uh, they're all just pathetic in terms of any uh, any type of support. Traffic update now. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Streaming live, KSGF.com in the Facebook world at 1041 Nick Reed. Uh, all right, so DeSantis soaring to enormous lead over Trump among Republicans and leads Biden by four, according to a new poll this released yesterday. So USA Today, Suffolk University poll showed DeSantis leading Trump by 23 points. As 56% of respondents preferred DeSantis as the 2024 GOP presidential nominee, while only 33% preferred Trump, the poll found 65% of Republican voters want DeSantis to mount a campaign for the presidency in 2024. The poll also found that among all voters in a head-to-head matchup with Biden, DeSantis comes out ahead by four points, 47 to 43, but Biden led Trump by seven points, 47 to 40. Polls of the initial primary states for 2024 show DeSantis may take charge early in the race. A late November poll from Iowa, where the presidential primary season gets underway every four years with the Iowa caucuses, show Iowa Republicans had swung strongly towards DeSantis as their leading presidential candidate for 2024. The Neighborhood Research and Media poll showed 32% of respondents selected DeSantis as their first choice to run for president, with Trump behind by two points at 30. The poll reflected a mammoth 23-point swing towards DeSantis from June, when Trump was the favorite among 38% of respondents and DeSantis was favored by only 17%. An even bigger 46% reversal from November of 2021, when Trump led 56 to 12 In uh, mid-November, multiple Club for Growth action polls were conducted in various states. In Iowa, 48% of respondents preferred DeSantis as their 2024 presidential nominee. 37% preferred Trump. Uh, In New Hampshire, 52% said DeSantis. 37% said Trump. In Texas, Texas Republicans, 43% of respondents preferred DeSantis. 32% Trump. And a number of these other states that are seen as important and influential. Obviously, a lot can happen between now and then, goes without saying. I do believe, at this point, if DeSantis decided that he did want to run, and he kept doing things the way he was doing, and Trump continues to do things the way that he's doing them, if it, then then DeSantis will take take it. I, I believe that. No matter how much Trump might deserve it, 
no matter how, you know, all of those other things aside. And I know there are a lot of people that just feel as if Trump should be supported because of all the great things he did for the country and all of the tremendous sacrifices he made. And in terms of personal, outside of the people who founded this country, it's hard to find anyone else who has sacrificed so much personally as Trump when you look at the fact that his life has been nothing but day after day after day of not just uh, attacks, but having people utilize their position and power to come after him. And, I mean, you look at the FBI. The FBI. Think about that for a moment. The full force of the federal government through the FBI tried to frame him. One of their attorneys falsified evidence to get a a court to successfully allow them to spy on the Trump campaign. They they, they framed him for colluding with the Russians, something, of course, that did not occur. The only collusion were the Democrats and the Hillary campaign uh, paying a foreign asset for a fake dossier. That's just that's just that component of it. You think about what it is that he has had to deal with. And there are a lot of people that 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 feel a sense of of responsibility to support the guy just based on what he sacrificed. There are others that that say, listen, yes, forever grateful. We'll never forget. Totally appreciate. But we think DeSantis potentially could do just as well. And it is less likely a Democrat will be in the White House another four years if DeSantis is the nominee. That's just the that's the assessment. I think that's one of the reasons people are swinging towards DeSantis. The combination of Trump still talking about the past elections, which, as I mentioned, I'm on page with him and so many others about aspects of the last election that were illegal. But again, like a, 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 a you follow a team in NFL, let's say, for example, and uh, you're a supporter and their ultimate goal is the White House. But at every press conference, they're talking about that one game uh, from a couple seasons ago where if it hadn't been for that bad call, they would have won that Super Bowl. And it's just like, okay, yeah, I know, but that's done. What are we doing to get this one? And, 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 and I, Trump's got to pivot off that. He has got to pivot away from that. I think there's two things, Trump. Hey, listen, I'm just a guy with the perspective here. I think the two things that Trump has to do is, one, stop talking about the last election. That doesn't mean stop talking about necessarily election integrity. That definitely needs to be a massive major focus. And Republicans, if they don't get off their backsides and start taking this election integrity thing as serious as the Democrats are in destroying it, then we might as well just forget the validity of elections. And, and yeah, I mean, just and in some areas of the country, it's already that way. But specifically talking about the last election being stolen just on and on, it just that has got to stop. And taking on the presence of DeSantis 
without doing it the way that he did the other candidates the last time around. And the reason I say that is because the other time around, you had Trump supporters and then you had some people that kind of liked the others, the that were establishment in the context of Trump. People don't see DeSantis' establishment. People who like Trump generally also like DeSantis. Some may want him to wait four years. They may not want him to run, but ultimately they do like him. So when Trump attacks him, it's a whole different thing. One of the grave concerns I think a lot of people had, and I did as well, is what are we going to do when Trump is gone? You know, Just assuming he'd win, uh, serve eight years in a row, but we're screwed after that because there's no one else that's going to come along that has at least demonstrated they can take on and succeed against the establishment. But for a lot of people, DeSantis has done that, and that was a relief. Oh, here is somebody else, and to see Trump tra- is almost, I think for some people, like Trump shutting the door Uh, on America once he's no longer part of the conversation, Uh, taking out anyone and everyone, even if it's somebody that might be good for the country. And I look at it this way. If DeSantis does decide he's going to run against Trump, And Trump is looking at more people in some of these states preferring DeSantis over Trump. Insulting DeSantis is not going to make people who like DeSantis go, oh, okay, I never thought of it that way. I think I'll support Trump now. That's not what's going to work. I think the best bet is to say, yep, DeSantis is great, fantastic. He's going to make a great president one day. But what we need is four more years of me, and then you get eight years of him continuing on what it is that I started by jumping the gun and going with him. Now we lose four years of, 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 of make America great again. That that's the position I would take. But again, I'm just a guy. I, you know, I'm, I'm no more brilliant than anyone else. Springfield's talk one Oh four one. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's talk one Oh four one. Hey, we got traffic standing by. I do want to read a message. There's several on the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line, which is 447-KSGF. DeSantis is president, and have Trump as Speaker of the House would be a juggernaut. You know what I would I, Honest to goodness. Oh, man, it, it, it would just destroy. Destroy the minds of, of, of the establishment. I don't think he would do it, but I'd make Trump Secretary of State. The deal maker. I mean, there are a few areas in which there were in my lifetime, there's never been as many foreign policy successes under any president. And we're talking served one term as there has been Trump. And a lot of it's because he knew how to pick the right people. That's one thing he's very good at, very good at deal making. And it's much easier to make deals when you're talking to people that are heads of countries as opposed to making a deal with Congress where you got all these different people. You know, when you're sitting down and it's you, Kim Jong-un, you, Putin, you, whatever, uh, or you know, and, and just that, that mano in mano, figuring out what motivates them, what is it that, that they're looking for. That's where Trump is, is brilliant. That's how Trump was able to get the Abraham Peace Accords going. That's why uh, you know, he was able to get... 
again, Kim Jong-un to stop all of his nuclear testing and firing of intercontinental ballistic missiles. Uh, Why it was that Putin, for the first time uh, since prior to the Bush administration, stopped invading countries that he claimed were rightfully his. Uh, It's not a coincidence that all of these things were occurring. That's why I was able to get that the NAFTA situation renegotiated, which is something people scoffed at the idea he'd be able to do. I'd make him secretary of state. Traffic update now. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Cloudy morning. Sunshine will eventually break its way through a high today of 49. Overnight mostly clear, 27. Sunny, 39 tomorrow. And then Friday kicking off the weekend, mostly sunny, a high of 36. Poll shows Biden's low level of support in 2024 among Democratic primary voters. Uh, All right, so 538 Ipsos survey found that Biden led among top Democratic contenders, but not by much. Now listen to this. This is a sad state of affairs for Democrats. Biden is the top contender. So in your mind, you think, all right, what's that percentage going to be? It's 14%. 14%. That's pretty bad. It means 86% of Democrats say they want someone else. That alone tells you how dishonest some respondents are that are Democrats when they're asked if they approve of the, of the, uh, the job that Biden's doing. You'll see these polls, and if it's an overall poll, it'll, you know, well... 38% or 40% support and say that Biden's doing a great job. Well, when that means everyone, you're talking about 70 or 80% of Democrats are, are saying that he's doing a great job. But here, when they're asked, oh, do you want him to run again? Is, is he your choice? 86% are saying no. See, that's where you really, that's the insight that tells us they know. When it really comes down to it, and they have the opportunity to get rid of the guy without acknowledging that their party is wrong, their party's policies are wrong. See, that that's the thing. When they're asking just in, you know, well, do you think Biden's doing a good job? Uh, they, they've got to defend him because they're Democrats. Oh, yeah, he's doing a fantastic job. But when they're given the opportunity to get an out... And say, well, let's just say in the world of Democrats, that's what exists. We're talking about a primary. Let's just say you could have uh, any Democrat you want. Who would you want? And 86% of Democrats are saying not Biden. There's their true. There's their true. Perception. And I'd say of the 14%. Who say that they do support Biden for reelection for the nomination anyhow. Some of those are saying so, not because they really like him, but because they feel like, well, he's got the best chance. He's the incumbent. There's no one else out there. Uh, So, uh, yeah, yeah, Biden's the guy. Realize how massive that is to have such a significant number of people in your own party 
His saving grace is that everyone else that is thrown out there is also recognized as a loser by members of their own party. Second place at 12%, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg. Any of these individuals, ask the people who support him, give me three things that they have done that you believe indicate that they would make a good president of the United States. Specifically, not just, you know, really nice, uh, uh, really brings people together. Uh, No, 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 no. Meaningful specifics. Pete Buttigieg was the uh, choice after Biden at 12%. Vice President Kamala Harris at 9%. Governor Gavin Newsom at 7%, despite Newsom pretending as if he has no interest in running. He said his interest is sub-zero, which when you're dealing with somebody who lies all the time, just interpret that to mean the exact opposite, which would be he's very, very interested. Senator Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez all received around 5% of support. 26% said, I don't have any idea. These are Democrats. I don't know. Man. (laughs) Uh, This note, some of the polling numbers that I mentioned earlier. Well, actually, this is... So I talked about some of the DeSantez-Trump numbers earlier, but that was a USA Today Suffolk poll that showed DeSantez uh, support 56% of Republicans to 33% of Trump. Now, the 538 Ipsos survey showed that DeSantez leads amongst GOP contenders with 42%, uh, hoping that he will be the nominee. Trump at 24%. The former vice president, Mike Pence, got 5%. About 15% of respondents said they're not sure at this point who they would like to see representing their party in the next election. That is another remarkable comparison. When the incumbent in the White House has essentially, he kind of goes back and forth. Uh, Oh, yeah, he's running. And then, well, I don't know about that. He's, He's a bit all over the place. But, but. It's still clearly a very strong possibility that he is going to run for re-election. And the fact that you have only 14% of your own party supporting that. For all the talk about Trump being divisive, how hated Trump is, we're told that Trump is the only guy that would lose to Biden, yet Trump as according to this poll, 24% amongst his party. Well, Biden only has 14 amongst Democrats. Inflation ranked as the most pressing issue facing the country. 29% of respondents who voted in 2022 midterm elections, followed by 19% who said political extremism was the issue of top concern. Uh, the poll found that abortion was a top importance to 12% of respondents. And I want, you know, once again, some of these numbers. Um, 19% say political extremism was a top issue. Well, what's your definition of political extremism? Among likely Democrat voters, 53% said that inflation was the number one issue facing the country. (laughs) Yet they will continue to vote for the people responsible for inflation. 
45% said abortion, 25% said raising taxes on the 1%. Of course, they are going to be for that. According to the poll, inflation top concern to the majority of likely Republican respondents, 65%. About 47% said the crisis at the southern border is the leading issue, and 31% were most concerned about cutting federal spending. Springfield's Talk 1041. I am Nick Reed. Uh, coming up, a Politico piece. Joe Biden launches into a profanity-laced tirade over people questioning his mental condition. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. All of those home loan needs, I want a great home loan.com. Of course you want a great home loan, right? But it's so much more than interest rates and terms and all that stuff. It's the experience itself. And that may sound like a cliche, but it's true. What was it that uh, Don was doing that time you called him? Oh, he was helping his cow give birth. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, hold on one second. Got a cow out here. It's about to have a baby. And I was like, you know, I can call you back. <laughs> uh, that's that's what you get. It's such a different experience than the big massive banks where you got to call between 8 and, and 5 o'clock. And you're, you, you've got to, you know, make your way through eight different prompts to enter this number and that. Because, you know, some of the options may have changed and just all of that and then you end up with a random person that doesn't you know well let me pull up your your uh your account here and then they're looking they don't know the background of it all they have is a computer screen in front of them uh whenever you deal with uh, i want a great home loan.com and any of the characters you you've got that direct line seven days a week till nine o'clock at night with either don alex or anthony character i want a great home loan.com because you do joe biden launches into a profanity laced tirade over his condition because nothing, uh, you know, says senile old man, <laughs> like yelling. <laughs> According to a new report, the president has no intention of accepting the, the reality of what is going on with him. And it sounds like his family, of course, is is just convincing him that he's fine, everything's okay. And generally when a person gets to the mental state that Biden is, they're they're in denial anyhow. They no nobody wants to acknowledge uh that they're slipping or in the case of of Biden much much worse. They they they, they don't slipped. Uh and when your family is shielding you from anyone telling you otherwise, uh, you're going to think that you're perfectly fine. The oldest ever commander-in-chief of Tornady last month has vented to allies about how much the topic is discussed in the media as he seizes up a bid for a second term, according to Politico yesterday. Quote, You think I don't know how effing old I am? An exasperated Biden, who reportedly had a penchant for profanity, ranted to one of his acquaintances earlier this year, according to an outlet. Biden, who said uh, he expects to run for another four years in office, has pushed a final decision back until early next year, would be 86 years old when he leaves office. And, uh, I mean, the age isn't the issue as much as, well, obviously, his mental issues. You know, there's this um, presentation, I guess, if you would, that when it comes down to it, politics aside, 
families. You've got families in the White House. Ultimately, they're, you know, they say what you want, but they just really love each other. I don't buy that. I, I don't. The more we learn about the Bidens, the more that I think all of them are a bunch of of backstabbing, greedy uh, individuals that, that would have no problem at all, not a second thought, shoving one another in front of a bus if they thought there would be a payout for it. And I mean that. I think not only did Hunter use his father's position in order to leverage uh, this this massive revenue source through international influence, but I think that Joe Biden used Hunter's addictions to get a cut of it, hence the 10% for the big guy. Uh, yeah, I, I think that this is somebody that knew his son is a total, complete train wreck that his son is 100% financially reliant on him in order to continue to fuel his drug addiction and his apparent sex addiction. And uh, and so he used that. He used his son's desperate need to have a revenue source coming in in order to feed that, uh, in order to get a cut of it, put him in these positions. I think Biden's brother clearly is on on this gravy train. I think Jill Biden also. I mean, you think about it. What do they have if Biden isn't in some position of power? Clearly the lifestyle. I'm not saying, you know, Jill Biden, she'd probably be able to have somebody write a book for her and she could put her name on it or she'd be some sort of, uh, you know, professor somewhere and not actually have to do anything but get a six-figure salary. But the the lifestyle, I mean, when you're talking about 10% cut of millions and millions of dollars and, and all of that, it's all the – it's the same thing with the Clintons and utilizing their position of power in order to get revenue coming in. And I think all of these people, they, they, they would slice one another's throat in this family if they thought it would get them a buck. And they all use each other, and I think that it is that level of cruelty – that leads to these people who claim, oh, we just are such a happy family and we all love each other, that they would take a sick old man and in his final days on this planet, which I suspect he's probably not going to live to be 100, uh, that that in, instead of letting him retire and, and ju- you know, they're, they're, they, they keep pushing him so that they have access to all the trappings that that they think that they are are um deserving of knowing full well that he is not well but they're very greedy selfish soulless individuals in my opinion that is you're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. We may be in red alert level for Santa's Angels. Uh, yeah, we're definitely getting there. Uh, I counted right before the show, we have 46 gifts at the office. That means that we have 35 children unaccounted for. And uh, why is that a concern? It's because those presents are due back tomorrow. So if you have adopted a foster child off of our Santa's Angels Christmas tree, 
please, please, please bring those gifts back. Uh, we do need them back tomorrow. And our office hours are 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you have any questions on where we are located or should you wrap the gifts or, you know, maybe you picked a kid off of a Christmas tree and you just you haven't been able to go shopping for them or maybe uh, your heart was a little bit bigger than your wallet this year. That happens. And there's there's no shame. Just please bring uh, if that happened, please bring those ornaments back to us. We need to have every kid accounted for, like I said, 35 children unaccounted for right now. And uh, we really, really do appreciate everybody that has helped us with our Santa's Angels this year. If you have any questions, uh, you can call the studio or you can find all of the contact information for uh, Santa's Angels. Um, all of those frequently asked questions, et cetera, et cetera. All of that's going to be at ksgf.com under the Santa's Angels tab. All right. Yeah. Tomorrow is the deadline for us to get those in or for you all to to bring those here. So, um, you know, as she said, if for whatever reason you just ran out of time or some, please get, just let us know, just bring it back and, and let us know you're just not going to be able to do it. Uh, because ultimately the goal here is to make sure that those kids, or heck, if you got, if you'd rather just kind of stink it back on the tree because you're embarrassed, that's fine, whatever. Uh, we just want to make sure that the, the, all these kids are accounted for and they are taken care of. Coming up, could Newsom's drinking and womanizing come back to haunt him? It's a very insightful piece in the American Spectator that uh, I thought I would share with you coming up in the next hour. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.